All views and opinions expressed in this podcast may lead to learning. All information provided is for educational and developmental purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for a growth mindset. Before taking action, please consult your motivation. Welcome to Teacher Talking Time, brought to you by Learn Your English. Learn Your English is a company that is changing the way people study, learn, and teach languages. Learn Your English offers students and teachers strategies to effectively develop their abilities and skills in their own time. Bringing you the latest in English language learning and teaching, Teacher Talking Time explores all angles for teachers and students alike. Got a question? Comment. A story to share. Send us an email at info at learnyourenglish.com. This is the Teacher Talking Time Podcast. I'm thinking a little bit about um, uh, what educational philosopher John Dewey once said about education. And he said that education is a process of living and not a preparation for the future. And I think what he's saying is that, you know, that we, we learn language learning is not just about being told rules and being told grammar, but it, it's more or less a performance of sorts, isn't it, Leo? Right? Um, it's a performance that starts with understanding who we are as individuals and continues on to like what we want to achieve as individuals and what we want to perform or do in the language. And I think that as we set out to learn a language, perhaps we're thinking more about what purpose does learning this language serve in our lives, right? Hi everyone, my name is Carrie and I'm from Macau. This is Teacher Talking Time, the Learn Your English podcast. 大家好,我的名字是刘依慈,我来自澳门,现在听的是Teacher Talking Time, the Learn Your English podcast. All right, um, welcome everyone. Uh, I am Leo, your host, and I'm here with Mike. And Hello today, everyone. Yes, today, Mike, we're going to we're recording the first episode of our first podcast aimed at learners. This is exciting stuff, Leo. Yes, it is. We're calling this the cult of learning. So now, first of all, wait, wait, wait, wait, wait, wait. Why are you calling it the cult of learning? Well, let's talk a little bit about the word cult. I mean, what does cult mean to you, Mike? Well, I don't. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm just thinking when I think of cult, I think of a group, and and sometimes I think of like religious meanings. Right. But then again, I think of people who maybe share a same vision or or goal. Yeah. Am I am I on, on the right line here? Yeah, you're you're onto something. We're looking at cult from the perspective of a group of people. In this case, learners who are very interested in a particular thing. In this case, learning. And if you look at the uh, etymology of the word cult, it actually comes from the French culte and from the Latin cultus, which means care. So what we are looking at is designing a podcast for people who actually care and care about what? About learning. We want people who have, who want to develop this learning mindset. Hence the name the cult of learning. You know, Leo, I'm just doing a quick search here. And uh. I see that the verb 
of mm. cult is cultivate. Oh, there you go. And I wonder that perhaps what we're trying to do is to cultivate mm-hmm. a group of people who are passionate or care a lot about learning. That's it. And that's why we've decided to create this learners podcast, because what we really want people to be able to do is to study less languages and learn more languages. Because as we know, um, languages were not meant to be taught. Languages were meant to be learned. And that's what we're here for. So this is what this podcast is all about. We want people to be able to become better language learners. We want them to develop a learn a lifelong learning mindset. Okay? So the format of this podcast. Before we talk about the format, Mike, how do you think this podcast can actually help students become better language learners and more specifically in English in this case? Well, I think that we're really trying to talk a little bit about the how in terms of how we learn. And we're also going to talk a little bit about why certain strategies might be better than others. And within all of that is the language we use and also the vocabulary and topics that we use to express our message and to express our ideas. So I guess it's a combination of what of our strategies but also what we say and how our, how our listeners might want to take what we say and then use it in their lives as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the format of the podcast, Mike, is going to um, include things, topics, different topics. We're going to be talking about philosophy, psychology, um, business, health, education. We're going to have discussions. We're going to focus on some of the language that might be particularly difficult for some students when they're listening. Um, we're going to interview other successful language learners and talk about um, how they've learned the language. In other words, we're going to deconstruct how people have learned the language they actually speak. For example, you have been studying Japanese for quite a while. We'll talk a little bit about how you have employed certain strategies to actually um, speak Japanese successfully. Um, And in our first episode, we've decided to talk about the rules for learning a language. So Mike, my first question is very simple. What comes to mind when you think of the word rule? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. Actually, usually negative things, Leo. Mm-hmm. If I think mm-hmm. about it, I think back to my school days, right? right? Where rules were meant to be followed, right? And mm-hmm. if you didn't follow the rules, then you, you wouldn't be a certain thing. So and in that sense, the rules were told to us right? So that we would be able to use them to our advantage or to use them to get ahead. So come to class on time. Mm -hmm. That's how you become a good student. So I kind of think in terms of life that rules are very inflexible. So Mm -hmm. you can't change them. And also that they're like somebody else creates these rules that then I need to follow, right? So they're kind of like a doctor's prescription, right? Right. So the rule is written and then I need to follow that rule. So if I think of language, I can think of things like grammar rules, right? So right. you can only say this or vocabulary rules. Oh, no, no, you need to say this and so on. What, what comes to mind when you think of rules? 
I mean, I think a lot of the same things that you have just said, but we're not here to talk about prescriptive rules. We're not here to talk about inflexible rules. We're not here to talk about how the present perfect is formed. We're not here to talk about any of these, I would say, boring rules. We're here to talk about different kinds of rules. Um, and we're going to link these rules to our experience in learning languages. I think ideally, Mike, what we want to do here is we want to dispel the myth. Before I actually exp before we I explain this idea of dispelling the myth, Mike, what does that mean to dispel a myth? I don't know. I mean, I think of the word myth. Myth is like a, like a story or or a belief. Mm -hmm. So, for example, the the the myth of the the the myth of of, of a god or of a right. ancient beast or something. So, I guess dispelling the myth might be i don't know uh, getting rid of the myth or or or um getting be like finding out the reality mm -hmm. well think about this mike mike one of the most common myths that we have about learning languages is that you're either born with the language learning gene or you aren't if we're going to dispel this myth what are we going to do we're going to what what do you think Actually, the listeners actually could try to think about that. What does mm -hmm. that mean to dispel a myth? I think, in other words, what we're trying to do is we're trying to make that go away, especially that belief that you cannot learn a language if you are not born with that language learning gene. The reality is everyone can learn a language so long as they employ the right strategies. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to get people to become better language learners and nobody there's no such thing as you're born with the language learning gene we've all learned our first language we've all learned a second language i mean not all of us but some of us um, some of us have learned a third and a fourth language yes, right polyglots yeah. yeah so is there it's not luck of the draw right hmm, what do you mean by that is that like like um it's not just this one person has the has these abilities because they're lucky or is that so for example um if you win a prize you win from luck of the draw right so how does that connect to language learning i wonder well i i don't think there is i mean luck of the draw is is just the result of chance right rather than something you can control and we all know from Stoic principles that there are many things that are beyond our control. But that's what most people believe anyway. What we're trying to do here is we're trying to stack the deck in our favor. Basically, in other words, what are we trying to do here, Mike? We're trying to stack the deck. I, I think of a deck, I'm thinking of a, of a maybe a, a deck of cards, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so if, the, if I have more more cards to work with then i can i have a better odds of maybe winning or finding something That's so i right. guess if i wanted to learn japanese i could surround myself in a japanese environment or i could find a good technique for learning japanese vocabulary mm -hmm. to give me an advantage so mm -hmm. i could use those things to stack the deck in my favor that's exactly it so were there any rules that helped us learn languages Absolutely. The fact of the matter is, 
again, we're dispelling the myth that there is no language learning gene, but there are tools, there are habits, and more importantly, hacks that can facilitate faster learning. And this is why we have decided to create the Cult of Learning. Welcome to our show. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. I have studied English on my own and in a classroom for years. But I felt like I wasn't improving. I didn't really know how to learn. Then I found to learn your English online student membership. My name is Selin and I am LYE member. This membership is for people who are passionate about learning English in their own way. These are not classes. This is learning outside of the classroom, replacing textbooks with other students in a safe space. We learn by participating in activities just for us, effective and fun. What's included? Podcasts, reading clubs, meaningful conversations, language challenges, and much more. Head over to the Learn Your English website for all the details. That is learnyourenglish.com. Ready to take control of your learning? Join me today in the Learn Your English student community. Hey everyone, my name is Azat Bostaş and I'm from Turkey. You are listening to Teacher Talking Time, the Learn Your English podcast. Hey, merhaba arkadaşlar. Ben Azat Bostaş, Türk'üm. Şu anda Teacher Talking Time grubunun hazırlamış olduğu İngiliz Öğreniyorum podcast'ini dinliyorsunuz. Welcome back to the second segment of our podcast, The Cult of Learning. I'm here with Mike. Mike, in the first epi- in the first block or first segment of our episode, we talked a little bit about rules for la- learning a language. Um, and we're going to jump into the second segment now. And we're going to be talking about some of those rules. What are some of those rules for learning a foreign language? Yeah, that's right, Leo. And I think at the, at the beginning, we were talking a little bit about you know, how rules can be very inflexible and so mm-hmm. on. But I think what we want to focus on are those, those positive rules. And I know that you're going to talk about those later. But before we begin, I, I'm thinking a little bit about um, uh, what educational philosopher John Dewey once said about education. And he mm-hmm. said that education is a process of living and not a preparation for the future. And I, I think what he means by that so, is... Sorry, can you say that again? Education? Yes, yes. So education is a process of living and not a prep, not a preparation for the future. Mm. And I think what he's saying is that, you know, that we, we learn language learning is not just about being told rules and being told grammar, but it, it's more or less a performance of sorts, isn't it, Leo? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's a performance that starts with understanding who we are as individuals and continues on to like what we want to achieve as individuals. And, and what we want to perform or do in the language. And I think mm-hmm. that as we set out to learn a language, perhaps we're thinking more about what purpose does learning this language serve in our lives, right? This is interesting, Mike. I actually love the quote, love John Dewey. Um, but it reminds me that the reason this company and this podcast learn your English, learn your English is because it's the, this idea of personalizing language learning based on the kind of person that you are because the English that you will learn is very different from the language that I need to learn. For example, Spanish. 
I might need Spanish only for speaking purposes because I need to communicate with people in a very informal setting as opposed to someone who needs to learn Spanish for business purposes. So I'm learning my Spanish and you're learning your Spanish. So I think that's kind of what Dewey was trying to say. And I think that's what we want to do with this company, with this podcast. When learning a language, it is really important to think about your purpose. Why are you learning this language? So by defining the purpose, Mike, we can then focus on what we call the three most important rules for learning a language, which include effectiveness, again, a, a priority, adherence, which means your interests, and of course, efficiency, which is what we like to call embracing the process. So effectiveness, adherence, efficiency, they refer basically to what, Mike? Well, let me give you like an analogy, if that's all right. So, mm. so some of you might know from our other podcast that I used to live in Japan, right? Right. So, so if I were moving to Japan for work, I would need to, to um, consider what I know about already, what I know about my office environment. And I would need to then, you know, identify the types of language or words or expressions that I think I might need to know in my new environment in Japan. So I guess that would be the prioritize. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. finding what I think I might need to focus on and, and choosing that. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing I, I might do is I, I might consider the words or expressions which are of interest to me, right? So this is what you were saying about learning Spanish, right? Mm -hmm. Do I want to, to know Japanese to, to chat with my colleagues? what we call water cooler talk. We're all standing around the coffee <laughs> the machine cooler. in the water cooler. Yeah. So do I want to learn those expressions or do I want to learn things like expressions for giving a, a formal presentation? Right. And so, so that would be the, the interest, right? What, what's mm -hmm. my interest? And then finally, I, I guess I would think about some strategies that I could use to, to help me master those, um, those expressions. So that mm -hmm. would be the process. Right. That's how I kind of picture things. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically effectiveness, adherence, and efficiency basically refer to the what, the why, and the how of learning that specific language. So in simple terms, Mike, your example was great. You first decide what to learn based on usage frequency. It's your priority. You then filter the materials based on your interests, right? So you can study and review. That's your adherence, your interest. And lastly, you determine how you're going to learn this material most efficiently. And that's the process. So we're going to start talking about the first one, the first rule, um, which is the effectiveness, the priority, the what. So the first rule, Mike, for us, it's learning the right words the right way. But how? Oh, that's a tough one, right? I think, I think starting off, it's... it's it's, you know, what words, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's the key. So, mm -hmm. so based on my, my, my purpose, you know, what are those words? And I think that it's, it's common for people to say that, that oh, I, I, I, I don't remember this word because um, I just have a bad memory, right? right. But that's not it. it it's, it's because that word might not be a priority, mm -hmm. right? And you, you will choose to kind of focus on the words that, that are important for your purpose mm -hmm. and your life. Mm -hmm. Another thing, Mike, is I think another common mistake that students make when they're learning new words, apart from the excuse of having bad memory, is that they translate these words often 
or they learn those words in isolation. So it becomes very difficult for you to recall them from memory, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a that's interesting, actually, because uh, I think when you when you translate a word, you you're you're removing the situation that that word might be used, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so you're looking at a paper dictionary or a digital dictionary, and you're saying, "Oh, that's what that word means," but you're you're taking it out of the Right. The actual situation. You're so. decontextualizing that word, right, basically. Right, as opposed right. to thinking, I was in a conversation with this person and they use this word in this situation. Instead of looking at that context and remembering that word from that context, you kind of go into a dictionary where it's yeah. like, a, yeah, interesting. I never thought yeah. about that before. It's actually. interesting because it's also like, I think of the word uh, sayonara in Japan, mm. Japanese. That's like a, a word that many people would would learn as as saying goodbye but it actually means you know goodbye forever right so you really <laughs> wouldn't want to say that after a business meeting but well uh, yeah. again if we if we translate it and we only use it in in isolation right. with the from the context but also if we we think of other words and we we, we don't think of the words that come around them then right we could, we could misuse a lot of these expressions yes. we're trying so hard to remember i didn't know that about sayonara Goodbye forever. Oh, yeah. oh, that's a new one yeah. to me. I thought it was just I, one word that I've learned in Japanese recently is gambate. Oh, that's a great one, especially for learning. Because yes. you always, yes, you always need to keep working hard. Yes. So gambate would be try your best or do yes. your best. Yeah. So and if, for those of you that are curious, sorry, Leo, but those oh, of you that are curious, if you just wanted to say see you later, you might say matane. Matane. Okay, interesting. Um, so do, do learners need to learn all the words of a language to speak it fluently, oh, Mike? That's a good question, Leo. Because, oh, I no. mean, right. Yeah. Do you, I mean, you're a native speaker of English, and we all, uh, students have... What do you mean? What, a native speaker of English? Well, a proficient speaker. You're, you're, oh. You were born in the country where you speak the language, where the language is spoken, in your case... Um, English, in my case, Portuguese, and I don't know all the words in Portuguese. I'm far away from learning all the words in English. But students have this this misconception. It's something that they think that, oh, because you're a native speaker of English, you know all the words of your mother tongue, and that's all you need to do to be able to speak properly. That's another myth that we need to dispel. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And like, like languages are dead, right? Like they don't right. change. But of course, we know that languages change all the time, right? Yes. Yeah, so how do we do this? What, where, where to start? Are you familiar with the Pareto principle? No. Okay. So this is something that I've learned recently. It's the, the Pareto principle is basically this 80-20 rule. Basically, roughly 80% of the effects come from 20% of the causes. So basically Pareto, he noticed that approximately 80% of Italy's land was owned by 20% of the population. He then conducted a survey on a variety of other countries and he found, to his surprise, that a similar distribution applied. So a good example of this, Mike, would be, um, you know, it might be very hard for you to implement um, something like a financial advisor, for instance. The principle suggests that since 20% of your clients are paying 80% of the total fees, then they should receive at least 80% of the customer service. So advisors, a financial advisor should therefore spend most of their time cultivating the relationships of their top 20 clients. And this applies to sports, computers, 
and more importantly, to language learning. But how? First of all, can I just say, mm. I liked how you used cultivating in your analogy there. Right. If we remember yeah. back, cultivating means creating or caring about something, yeah. in this case, relationships. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a great story. I, when I hear this story, first of all, mm. cultural reference, for those Korean and Japanese listeners, the 80-20 is also a haircut. It's like the 80% on the one side part, oh. and then the 20. It's you, for people who are, are <laughs> undergoing the process of losing their hair. So, uh, <laughs> so they might cover some of their heads. So that would be 80% on one side, 20% on the other. But this story actually makes me think about my closet mm. because I probably have uh, clothes that I... I wear 20% of my clothes probably 80% of the time, right? Right, right. That's right? it. That's it. Yeah. So it's yeah. It, that that's it. so how does that apply to language learning then? So should students focus 20% of their effort on acquiring new vocabulary then? Would that be the answer then? Yeah, cuz I I think that what we might say is that by spending time studying the the right words mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that later, you can get further and spending more time trying to learn all of the words. So, so in other words, more. right. So basically 20% of their effort should be focused on acquiring this new, these new words that will give you 80% or more comprehension in the language. So for instance, Mike, students can learn the top 300 words in English. And we all know this, the top 300 words in English make up 65% of all written material. But then if we look at the top 8,000 words, it's funny. We go from 300 to 8,000. You might think, oh, we're going to understand 100%. We won't. They make up only 75%. But 8,000 words, 75% comprehension, that's quite a lot. Mm. Quite a lot. Absolutely. So what are those words, Mike? There's two types of words. We have what we call function words. And what are those? Yeah, so function words are the, the, the, the grammar words that we, mm-hmm. we might use. So prepositions, conjunctions, determiners, pronouns. Uh, the is the most common and appears once every 27 words. Oh. And this varies on the type of text, of course. But, but you, you know, um, overall, the top 100 words are mostly function words, which a lot of people don't know. That's interesting because it just goes to show how important these words are because they are basically the glue that connects all the other groups of words, which are what we call the content words, which are what? Oh, those are like the, the, those main parts of speech that we think of now. The meaty. Verbs, yeah. adjectives, adverbs. Mm-hmm. And, right? and which of these are the most important ones, Mike? Um, I think you know, research would show that nouns are probably most because they carry or they have the most meaning right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you can you can do more things with them so it goes back to the purpose mm-hmm. so by by focusing on the con the, the grammar the function words and nouns you're already at an advantage right right you, can you think of an example well i was thinking about my dad my dad only speaks uh using nouns he doesn't use verbs his english is very rudimentary i would say um and he just goes to places and he says water beer salt how much that's all he can he can do in the language right right right yeah yeah it's so funny because uh, that again it's it's also a purpose thing right like that example you know the importance of food 
right? And mm-hmm. dining, right? That's mm-hmm. where most people start, right? If you mm-hmm. can't order in another language, then what can you do, right? But he only knows the nouns, right? So he's able to <laughs> say, he's only able to say things like beer. And I'll never forget this story. This is actually a funny story. I was with my dad at a, at a bar and he's like, oh, I want to order this time. I was like, all right, dude, go ahead. And he, he, he asked the lady, uh, excuse me, beer. And the lady said, oh, we got Creamore, uh, Molson Canadian, and uh, Budweiser, Budweiser, Heineken, which one? And he said, that one. And she said, which one? And he said, that one. So he was ordering which one, thinking which one was a beer. Ah, <laughs> so, right. Yeah. It right. goes to show that he, he, that he needs to, to learn more vocab. Like, and when I think about this, nouns have meaning and they help you like you said they have they help you do things in the language if you say water yeah people will understand you and then you move on and say water please right and then you could say let's say after a couple of weeks you can say can i have water please and then as your english becomes a little bit better and more advanced you could say could i have a glass of water please and then of course with grammar we create more distance you could say things like, I was wondering if, we could poss- if I could possibly have a glass of water. But if you don't know the noun water, then you don't have anything. Right? So rule number one, again, learning the right words the right way. All right? And prioritize those. Prioritizing those words. Mike, rule number two, the why. We're talking about something called input flooding here. But an important question to ask yourself before we talk about this is what will I be spending my time doing with this language? Right. And, and I think that, you know, as you pointed out earlier, that English is in learning languages is, is about socializing. It's a very mm. social thing. And I, and I think for many people, a good question is, you know, what community or what group do I want to join? Right? Mm-hmm. So, so, for example, you know, I'd like to talk about soccer mm. in English with other soccer fans. So, right. so my group would be, I'd like to join other soccer fans and, and right. share soccer in English, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and for me, that would be the why, right? Uh, okay. Why do I want to learn English? It's so that I can join this community and then learn from them my English will probably grow once I, once I have that access. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're going to be probably reading a lot of um, articles. You're going to be watching shows in English that talk about football. And as a result of that, you will probably develop a lot of vocabulary related to that specific topic. I think this, Mike, can be rephrased to your current lifestyle. And this is something that we like talking about is I think it's important to make learning a language part of your lifestyle. So basically your learning style should match your lifestyle. I love, I, I mean, I'll give you an example. We're going to be interviewing this student soon, um, Victor, who basically learned English through philosophy. So how did he do that? Well, he, he basically read a lot of uh, um, books on philosophy. He read Socrates, he read um, Stoicism books, and he, had, he was telling me, that his English developed to, to an incredible level just from reading about a topic that interests him. So he had a lot of input. He would, he would listen to podcasts about philosophy. He would read books on philosophy. He would participate in, in, in meetups 
with other people who were interested in philosophy. And as a result of all this input, he was able to communicate and learn the language that way. So, yeah. That's interesting. It also makes me think, I wonder, like, mm. is that something he's trying to be? For example, is he telling himself that he's a philosopher? And not mm. only that, is he telling himself that, you know, he's a philosopher, he's the type of person that likes to discuss philosophy in English. Yes. Because I, I wonder if, like, if that's mm -hmm. another way we could look at this rule, right? And that mm -hmm. is that we, we look at our lifestyle and we say, what are we? So, mm -hmm. for example, if you say, I'm the type of person who uses English every day, then perhaps you'll find a way to use English in your mm -hmm. life, mm -hmm. right? Yes. No, this is true. I like to think of, of language as, as food, if you like. So you basically, you feed your language input with materials that you like. So if you like philosophy, you feed yourself input in English about philosophy. Like you said, the football example. Otherwise, if you, if you read about things that you're not interested in, you will quit your diet. And as a result, you will probably stop studying or you will find learning the language boring, which is often the case with those students who go to language classrooms and all they're being fed is grammar rules. Sure. Or those that choose to study by themselves and have all kinds of textbooks. I could, oh my gosh, I would lose so much weight if I did exercises lifting all of the Japanese and Korean textbooks <laughs> I have on my bookshelf right now. But, yeah. but again, like I, I bought those books because I, I thought that, that they would help me. But in reality, I got further in my language development by feeding myself, you know, real conversation and mm -hmm. like you joining. And what, and what, what are your, this is a genuine question. What are your interests in Japanese? What is your, your, your why in Japanese? Well, it's, it's everything, right? Cause I lived there. So it was about, you know, being able to order from the menu, as you pointed mm -hmm. out earlier, um, food opens so many doors, right? Socially. Yes. And, and mm -hmm. it's quite important to be able to, to understand that part of culture and, and whatnot. But also, mm -hmm. you know, as you know, we both love sports. Um, again, sports are a good way to open doors. By mm -hmm. what I mean is it's a good way to, to enter a new community, right? Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so I think for me, the, the why is quite big. And, okay. um, and I think as a result, I, I learned more probably from those interactions with mm -hmm. people who shared my similar interests than I did from those heavy textbooks right. on my bookshelf. Yeah, I would say stay away from textbooks, which brings me to a quote before we end the second rule. It's a quote by uh, Notal, 1996, and she said that the best way to improve your knowledge of a foreign language is to go and live among its speakers. And she said the next best way is to read extensively in it. And again, reading for meaning, reading mm -hmm. with a purpose on base. I would add, Mike, that the next best way is to read and listen extensively in it, yeah. even if you don't understand what That's right. said. That's right, yeah. And I think, and if you don't understand, observing is mm -hmm. great, right? Mm -hmm. it, it all comes back to just looking at what's being said, but also how. Mm -hmm. How is it being said? Yes. How is it affected? How is it Im impacting the situation, right? Yeah, yeah. Which brings us to the third rule, which is the how. So we've talked about the first rule again, being 
um, learning the right words the right way, prioritizing the what. We looked at the second one, which is the input flooding, the why. And now we're looking at rule number three, which is the how. Again, embracing the process. And then in this case, Mike, it's learning words around the words, right? What we hmm, call what collocations. What do you mean by that? Collocations, man. Collocations. Yeah, okay. So what is it? We're not going to talk too much about collocation because this is going to be a future um, episode, but learning the words by learning them in, in context. As you said in the beginning of the episode, um, not decontextualizing the language or the word, but thinking about like, where did I hear this? Who said it? How did they say it? What was the context in which this word was said, right? What word was used with that specific word, right? So right. those are, so what is a collocation? What is a, an easier definition for, for listeners, for students, for learners to to um, understand this, what would it be? Do you have one? Well, I'm just thinking in terms of an example. So, are you saying that if I were at a at a um, at a hospital, mm. I might hear someone say, "Take medicine, not eat medicine." That's right. That's okay. Right. So, I guess maybe an example might be. Let's think of some. Let's think of a noun because they're the most mm. common and important right. part of speech. How coffee. about if we think of coffee? Yeah, because yes. we're both drinking coffee right now. Yeah. Um, uh, I like strong coffee. I hate weak coffee. Same. same. Um, I don't like black coffee, but I do like it with some cream and a what little. What do you take? Dark. What do you take in your coffee? Oh, that's another go. good so, one. All so right. those are examples of collocations. So you take milk. What else can you take in your coffee? Cream, sugar, sugar, but not good. Sugar is not good for your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so those are examples of collocations. So we're looking right. at adjectives that we use with coffee we can say strong coffee what would be the opposite weak coffee weak coffee yeah black coffee or dark coffee colombian coffee <laughs> yeah what about if you go to starbucks you get the, those lattes but that's like oh. frothy right frothy, so frothy yeah coffee yeah or... but they're very sugary very sweet oh absolutely yeah yes. so and we have verbs right you can drink coffee you can have coffee what do you take in your coffee you can take a sip of coffee and if you work as a barista you brew coffee and if, right, right, and if you want to yeah. go on a date, you can say, let's go for coffee. So, uh -huh, uh -huh. so those are collocations. I like to think of collocations, Mike, as words, the company that words keep. Okay. I That's like that. That's basically it. Company and and I like keep. that because some people would say that the more people around you, the more company you keep, the, the, the more enriched or the better you become, right? So here, if we think about more words that go around coffee, our vocabulary is becoming enriched. Mm -hmm. You know, it's becoming much stronger than just learning the word coffee. Because you're surrounding yourself with all these words that are, again, contextualized within the word coffee. So that's it. Three rules. Let's just review the, what the rules are. Rule number one, learning the right words the right way. It's the prioritizing the what. The second rule is the input flooding. Again, the why. Feeding yourself with language based on your interests. Learning that matches your lifestyle. And the third one, learning words around the words, which will be called collocations. And again, the process. Okay? So we're going to take a short break right now and we'll be right back.
Are you back at school and feeling a little out of shape with your writing? Do you have to write long, complex essays for your program? Are you not sure how to navigate your research and referencing appropriately? The Learn Your English Student Success Series might be for you. We combine face-to-face -face classes with online instruction and office hours to make sure you have the most effective and personalized learning experience possible. If you want to enhance your academic writing, Learn Your English can help. For all the information and to find out about the next session, check us out online. Go to learnyourenglish.com or email us info at learnyourenglish.com. Your path to success starts now. Hey everyone, my name is Maurice and I'm from Ivory Coast. You're listening to the Teacher Talking Time to Learn Your English podcast. Coucou tout le monde, je m'appelle Maurice et je viens de Côte d'Ivoire. Vous écoutez the Teacher Talking Time to Learn Your English podcast. Amusez-vous bien! All right, Mike, we are arriving here at the uh, last segment of our podcast, our first podcast, The Cult of Learning. And uh, we talked about uh, rules for learning a language. That's right. We talked about how to cultivate your language development, right? Mm -hmm. And we all know that learning a language is not an easy process. And for this reason, forget the shortcuts. What's a shortcut, Mike? Oh, that's what I like to take when I need to lose weight. Um, yeah, so basically I could take the long way, which involves a lot of effort. For example, waking up every morning, jogging, watching right. what I eat, or I could just not eat for three days and take the shortcut, right? Right. Like, yeah. But there are no easy solutions when you're, you know, cultivating good health habits or mm -hmm. cultivating good language skills, right? Absolutely. So forget the shortcuts, focus on the process, especially when it comes to acquiring vocabulary. It's a process of exposure to language. Feed your mind, okay? You need proper spaced repetition, which will be the subject of a future podcast. In the meantime, don't be afraid to learn the language. It's a checklist and process of finding out the materials that you enjoy with a good frequency of a return of investment, going back to Pareto's principles. A couple of reminders before we end the show, Mike. Yeah, so everyone, it was great spending time with you this, uh, this episode. Don't forget to visit our website at learnyourenglish.com. And uh, while you're there, be sure to sign up for our mailing list. Click join our network. Also, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever your preferred social network might be. And for those of you that are interested, please see the show notes where you'll be able to support us. Um, we'd really like to hear from you. And if you really like what you heard tonight, please feel free to um, sign up for our Patreon and uh, add a little something to our tip jar. It's $2 to let us know that, that you care and that you're uh, interested in what we're creating. This was great, Mike. It was great talking to you. Uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. See you, everyone. been listening to Teacher Talking Time, brought to you by Learn Your English. Ready to take control of your education? You're in the right place. Teaching, professional development, learning. Expand your world with Learn Your English.